God, where we will start in the book of Psalms, and right in the middle of your Bible, toward the end of the book of Psalms, is Psalm 147. So we're going to read from Psalm 147 today, at least part of this psalm, and I thank you for your prayers as we read uh, the first several verses together. Psalm 147, and it says, praise the Lord, and that, that phrase literally is hallelujah, so you could have, could have translated it that way, hallelujah, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and praise is beautiful. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. He heals the bro brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He counts the number of the stars, and he calls them all by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked down to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the harp to our God, who covers the heavens with clouds, who prepares rain for the earth, who makes grass to grow on the mountains. He gives to the beast its food and to the young ravens that cry. He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him in those who hope in his mercy. And may the Lord bless his word as we have it read into our hearts today. I ask a question about Psalm 147 to you and to myself today, and this is the, the question, what is it that impresses us? What impresses you? What does impress you? All obviously, we are impressed by many things. But in Psalm 147, we have a tale that God gives to us about the Lord, about praising the Lord, and about how God looks at things. And I think that all of us should learn the lesson of at least this first part of this psalm, because I think we all gain from it, and we have a lot to gain. Now, the very first part of this psalm is very clear, praise the Lord say hallelujah, give glory to God, and that it is personally good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and praise is beautiful. There is no excuse for us to not sing and praise God and thank him, and it doesn't have to just be in church. It can be anywhere. Praising and honoring God is a worthwhile thing. I think that God even allows for the creation itself to praise the maker. If we could interpret what the birds are saying when they're singing in the trees. I have a feeling that it includes praise for the maker in their own way. When the crickets are making their noises, who knows that God in the cricket language is being able to be praised by nature. And even the flowers of the field, the plants of the field, when they have their flowers, it is a, a praise of God in beauty to the, the great almighty creator. It is a good thing to praise God. It is absolutely a needed thing to praise, praise God, but it is pleasant and it is beautiful to praise God. It is not a arduous ta uh, tax upon us. Now, I have to say to you that I didn't grow up in a 
a so-called charismatic church, I was always reserved, okay? I was very reserved. I am not a person who's hooping and hollering and jumping around all the time. It's very hard for me to do any physical things that draw attention to myself and, or at least makes me feel like I am standing out. And I think many people are that way. Uh, I ask people at school when I have chapel services, how many of them would want to lead the chapel services? And I can say that among teenagers, did you know that it is a very small number that I get to say, oh, I'd love to lead chapel services. And some of them would say they would do it, but they would do it as a joke. You know you don't want them doing it. The troublemakers you do not want running your chapel services. It's absolutely something that the Bible says is a pleasant thing, and it's a beautiful thing to praise the Lord. So when we have a congregational hymn or we sing, just sing to the Lord. You're not singing to me. You're not singing to each other. We're not even grading you on your ability to carry the tune in the bucket. It's just have a bucket ready and do what you can with whatever's in it. And God wants us to praise him and thank him. It's the act and the effort. Uh, Because when we praise God, we're taking time to honor the one who gave us everything. All the good things of your life and my life, all of them, if we add them all up, the things we like, the things we hope for, all those things are due to God. We do not have the credit for our existence. We owe him for all those good things. Now, we, we might be tempted to blame him for the bad things, but it really isn't his fault. And God really wants us to remember him and to praise him. One of the worst things that happens to a culture is when they forget God and they give to human beings the credit for all things. I, I heard a story about a family in which the mother was a believer and believed the, the Bible, and the, but unfortunately the father did not. So the little boy went to the mom and said, Mom, Dad says that we evolved from monkeys and uh, apes, and uh, that's how we came into being. What do you say? And, and you, but you say that we were, were made by God. And, and the mother said, well, don't you worry, son. Uh, when I am talking to you, I, I, I'm certainly trying to tell you the truth, absolutely, but your dad, he's just speaking about his side of the family. <laughs> I think God wants us to praise him, to acknowledge him. And, and the truth is, it's a, it's a natural desire for everybody. You should be praised in your life. You need praise in your life. It, it energizes you when you get a, a, a note of encouragement. It, it, in fact, sometimes if you get that one note of thanks in the midst of 50 people ignoring you, just that one note of thanks helps build you up. It gives you some confidence. That's as a human. But think about God. I, I, I have said before that I kind of feel sorry for God. Why do I feel sorry for God? Because first of all, he suffered more than anybody. Jesus on the cross suffered everything on the cross. So if you talk about suffering, there was no suffering in creation that he didn't feel. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine how he felt every wrong? Also, when we think about God's knowledge, he knows 
everything. Now, I, I can tell you for a fact that I don't want to know everything in my current condition. Because if you know everything, you know the good. Well, that's great. But you know the bad, and that's terrible, because then you would see every horrible crime, all the evil ever done, all the bad thoughts, it would be, you couldn't stand it. You would not be able to survive seeing that. It would destroy you. So God has to suffer far more than we do, but we don't think of it that way because we say, well, he's great and he's got all these things. Yes, he's great and he's powerful, but he has chosen through the Lord Jesus Christ to suffer and he wants us to follow him and be part of his kingdom, which is why we serve him. You know, it was Jesus who said that uh, how we treat one another is basically how we treat him. Our church recently voted to help uh, a little bit on our, our track team, help them on some incidentals. Boy, you came in good this week. Let me tell you what happened this week. I go to the track meet in uh, Clarksdale, Mississippi. We had the field events on Wednesday. So we had to get to school at 6.30 in the morning, leave about 6.45. We go down to Clarksdale, Mississippi for the meet at 9 a.m. Well, it wasn't raining. And I got an email that the night before said, check the email before you go for weather and we'll send it if we end up not having the meet. Well, I didn't get an email, so we took off. So I get down there, but then I started seeing it got a little cloudy in the distance <laughs> and it got a little bit more cloudy. And, it, and when we got there, it, it got into some light rain and they were continuing to do the events. But about 30 or 40 minutes into the field events of jumping, throwing uh, events, uh, at that point, we saw that it was getting really kind of wet. So, and it was cold. It was like in the 50s and raining. So these poor kids, they weren't prepared. So I, I, they were scattered all over multiple fields. So I'm physically not able to be in every place. So I take off and I get in the van and I go to a local retailer starting with W. And I, I, I then start buying towels. I start buying uh, dry shirts and ponchos and umbrellas. With, the, with your sponsorship money. I bought this and I, and I came back, but while I was there, I got a text from one of the moms said, my daughter says that, that they can't find your van. Well, I didn't have time to go find everybody. I just had to go do this. So I texted back and said, I had to go take care of these things because it's bad weather. So you literally helped clothe and, and I got them all dried, got them warmed up in the van till the weather went away. We had a two hour delay, but they felt much better. And it was a good solution to a problem that we had to solve. You never know what kind of situation you're going to find yourself in. And, and God wants us to give him glory because he controls everything. So not only are we supposed to praise the Lord, but we are also supposed to recognize his power. Look what he says in verse two. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcast of Israel. Well, all through Israel's history, it was only God's great work that helped make that place what it was when it was great. And it was the Lord who made these things happen. Also notice that the Lord not only took care of the physical structure of Jerusalem, but he also helped the spiritual emotional status of its people, healing the brokenhearted. He had power to build, but he had power to heal. 
And I think God wants our broken hearts to be healed. He doesn't want us constantly moaning and groaning and sad. He wants us to be healed. Notice how he says he binds up their wounds. He's, he is a healer from the beginning, and he wants to lift us up out of the mire. He, he wants to take care of things. But not only that, but look at his power over nature. He literally counts the number of the stars. Now, that's something that no scientist has ever done. They, there, it is impossible. It is a physical impossibility for every scientist, any scientist, to name all the stars. There's not enough seconds in the day for the life of a human to name all the stars. So God, it's no problem for him. He has the power. He has them numbered and he has them named. And that's one of the great classes I want to take in heaven is astronomy with God, you know, in heaven. What is this star's name? What is that star's name? Furthermore, it says, great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. We don't have to worry about the backup. He knows everything. He knows it all. His tech support is perfect. The Lord lifts up the humble. Well, that's why God wants us to be humble. He wants to pull us up. He, don't, he doesn't want to staying down. He casts the wicked down to the ground. So he's powerful in building. He's, he's, he's powerful in healing. He's powerful in lifting up. He's powerful in nature, but he's also powerful as a judge because he can lift up the humble, but put the wicked down to the ground. We, we need God's help. So in verse seven, he says, sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Based upon who God is, sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the harp to our God. When you think about a harp, we think about somebody in a white sheet playing something with a, some sort of olive branch around their head or something in, the, in cotton clouds. But, but really, stringed instrument, uh, the piano is a stringed instrument. Uh, it's, it's, they use these little hammers to hit each string to create the unique sound. But you can play the piano in a lot of unique ways, and you could even play it by plucking the strings on it if you opened it up. It's, it's a marvelous thing. But regardless, we ought to praise the Lord with whatever instruments we use. And God wants us to do just that. He says in verse 8, Who covers the heavens with clouds? Who prepares rain for the earth? Who makes grass to grow on the mountains? Now, I can say to you that I can't do any of these things. I can plant the grass, but that doesn't mean it's going to grow. Uh I don't know how to cover the heavens with clouds, and I absolutely don't know how to create rain for the earth. But it is God who does it. He does it quite well. He gives to the beast its food and to the young ravens that cry. So he provides. He's a providing God. He provides for the animals. He provides for the weather. And when we're in his hands, we need to realize that we trust him for everything. It's hard when you get anxiety. I hate anxiety. And when you're doing things, you get anxious and you get worried all the time, do you not? So another thing that happened on Wednesday is that during this delay at our track meet, uh, I was told that the running events will be Saturday, which was yesterday, and that the 
throwing and jumping field events would be on Wednesday. So I followed that and registered everybody. But I, I, I asked for the schedule for yesterday. And I got the schedule and I noticed that my 3,200 meter, which is the two mile race, was not on there. I said, well, why isn't that, that on there? I said, oh, you're in section one AA. The two mile is today. Well, that's a problem for me because I have one of the best runners in the state and uh, he wasn't there in Clarksdale, Mississippi at about 1147. So I needed him down there and I didn't get him down there and I needed him down there because he needed to run the race. I don't know how I was supposed to know that he was supposed to be in there, but I didn't have time to complain. So I called his mother and I texted his mother and I got nothing. So then I called the school and I said, let me speak to this young man. And uh, that boy thought he was in trouble. You know, he gets called to the office and he gets on that phone. And I said, Nathan, we got a problem. There is, the fact is you're racist today and not tomorrow. Now we're running a delay, but uh, is there any way you can get a hold of your mother and find a way down here? Then I called the head of school and the athletic director. So it went back and forth, and I went to the meet director. I said, can we delay the race sometime today? So I said, well, we're running behind. I think you might be okay if you can get him down here. Not an easy thing. So the athletic director ends up driving him down here. He's got a good car. And he gets him down there. Finally, we get down there. And as he gets to Clarksdale, Mississippi, on that track, I get a phone call. And it's his mother. <laughs> Now, his mother just happens to be the wife of, a, uh, of one of our representatives in Nashville. So uh, I didn't want to call the dad because I'm, he was in session. So I said, well, he doesn't need to be bothered with this. So I just told her, I said, I just want you to know that uh, we have your son down here in Mississippi. <laughs> she had no idea. She had no, he had called, nobody had actually talked to her. So I said, we, he, we got him in this race because we didn't know that he was supposed to run today. And she laughed and we laughed, thank God he, that she laughed, but it was a good experience. But we only did what we would want to have happen in a similar situation because he's a state contender and he was, he's obviously committed. So the, the, the long story short is that when you go through these things, be open, be honest, but trust the Lord, but it doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. He went on to win his race, thank the Lord, and, and he, he made it. But things don't always operate when you're dealing with humans running things the way you would want. But God makes good stories out of bad experiences. And uh, so I tell everybody now that we had to FedEx our kid down there to, to Clarksdale, Mississippi, to get them there. But boy, they, they came through. The scripture here also says in verse 10, he does not delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. A lot of fast runners in track and field, a lot of people we celebrate, but God doesn't take pleasure in our strengths. If we take a horse and we say, look how great my horse is or my tractor or my, my engine or my vehicle, we all brag about those things because we, we're impressed. We're impressed with these strengths strong examples that are in nature that we can harness to do good things. Every farmer who got a new mule and was proud of his mule in the old days was proud of his mule, there's no doubt, and loved to see how he would plow and do what he had to do. But you know that in all of our personal 
impressions. When we compare them to God, God is not impressed with how fast we are. He's not impressed with how much power we harness, but we are. And it's amazing how when we think about what impresses us, they don't always line, the things don't always line up with what impresses God. And, and I think it's because we are very ignorant about a lot of things. Even as adults, even as educated people, we walk around with ignorance all the time. A little child was in a store with her mother. She noticed this shiny thing. She said, Mom, what is that? And she said, that's a thermos. What do you do with a thermos? She said, well, you put hot things in, they stay hot. You put cold things in, they stay cold. See, she so the, the little girl said, can I have a thermos? So they got the thermos. She took it to school the next day. The, the person, the, the teacher said, I, I never saw you with thermos. Uh, why, what do you have in your thermos? Well, what do you have it for? She says, well, it keeps hot things hot and cold things cold. Well, what do you have in it? She says, I've got hot chocolate and popsicles. <laughs> It'll keep hot things hot and cold things cold, but not at the same time. So just they need to put that on a warning level label. Don't tell the government. They probably will put that on a warning label to tell us. Uh, You'll probably find an example of such a warning label. So God does not, though, want us to be impressed easily just with what normally impresses us. I think we need to look at what impresses us. God, and that's why I read verse 11. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him. Boy, now that is not proclaimed on the, on the ra- uh, rafters and on the media today. Uh, we don't have our high-tech corporations saying, fear the Lord, it impresses God. They don't say that at all. They say quite the opposite. Don't fear anything. They say don't fear anything. Hmm, that's very interesting. We fear a lot of things naturally, but the one thing we should fear is God. And God's impressed when we fear him. When we fear God, we're, we have the right kind of fear because there's a lot of wrong kinds of fear. We can fear being rejected. Many people do. We can fear disease and, and pain and disaster. Many people do. We can fear the re, uh, the, the consequences of our own sins, and that is an understandable fear. So there's a lot of fears and worries, but God says the only fear that's worthwhile is fearing him, fearing God. And it says plainly that God takes pleasure in those who fear him. So let's let's honor God and say, you know what, Lord? I'm worried about this and that person and all these things. Let's fear you, God. I, I wanna fear you. And be afraid of him because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the scripture says. And notice he's also impressed. He takes pleasure in those who hope in his mercy. If you hope in his mercy, do you hope in his mercy? We obviously don't go to God and say, look how good we are. We, look, we go to God and we say, Lord, have mercy. But we have hope and we can have hope. We can have hope because we're not standing upon our own works. We're standing upon the works of the man who did the best of any person who ever lived, the Lord Jesus Christ, who perfectly handled every situation. I can't say that, and neither can you. 
He perfectly went through every worry and he didn't even stop any of the suffering. He just allowed it to happen to himself. He allowed these events to happen. And although he didn't want to go to the cross, he did it anyway for us. So the Lord is the one who has provided for us a mercy. And because we have hope in him, God takes pleasure in us. You see, if we ask for God's judgment and we want God to be fair to us, it isn't going to go well for us because I can name all the good things I did and it wouldn't take me long. <laughs> My, that list wouldn't go very far. But if I go to all the things that I didn't do that I should have done, that's, that's a big list. And truthfully, God wants us to rely on his mercy. And so when we are asked by God, why should I let you into my heaven? We would say to him, rightfully so, I don't deserve it, but I trust in your mercy because there was a man named Jesus who on a cross suffered. He was the most innocent man ever, but he was wrongly and cruelly tortured and killed. But his life was worth bringing back so that not only he could get his life back, but that everyone who believes in him could have hope. And I believe in him. And I put my faith in him. And I don't trust myself. So Lord, I deserve to get to heaven because of Jesus. That's how great he is and his mercy. I don't deserve any other way. God wants us to trust in his mercy. He takes pleasure in those who fear him and hope in his mercy. We praise God. We recognize his great power, and we fear God. So I think that that's what we need to live our lives uh, like. We need to be impressed with those things that impresses the Lord. And if we are, I think it'll give us a, a healthy attitude. It'll help us this week. It'll help us in every day of our lives. It'll also help us to make sure that we don't waste our lives so that someday we look back and said, oh, look at all that I could have done but never got done for the Lord. Please seek to be impressed by the things that impress God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Lord, it is your great mercy that it has extended to us the hope of salvation. And it is the fact that we all deserve judgment that makes us call in a humble way upon you. So please help all of us today to be humble, fearful of you, but also hopeful in the mercy that is extended by our Lord Jesus Christ. Please thank you for uh, watching over us during the storms in the past weeks and watch, us, watch over us this week and give us wisdom so that our steps will be rightly ordered. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us stand to our feet and we will sing a hymn of invitation.